If you got a Bible this morning, you can open with me to the book of Matthew. We're starting this series this morning called Kingdom Culture. Everybody say Kingdom Culture. Every kingdom has a culture, which means there's a way that a people do life together. And in the kingdom, we are called to do life together. The kingdom of God is all about relationship. It's relationship. Everybody say that. The kingdom is relationship. Now say it again. The kingdom is relationship. Okay? What does that mean? It is this relationship that we as a people have with God. And because of this relationship that we have with God, by his spirit, we begin to relate with one another. Which means we've got to get in this place where we know no one after the flesh, but by the spirit. Okay, now watch this because I want to take you very quickly. I want to take you to the book of Matthew, Matthew 13, 44, Matthew 13, 44. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is interchangeable. The kingdom of heaven is like. Now, when Jesus says the kingdom is like, we need to lean in because he's trying to tell us something. He's going to use natural things to communicate to us something spiritual. So he's, he's saying, this is what it's like. But say, this is what it's like. Okay, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Treasure hidden in a field. You know, one thing that I've learned is God loves to hide powerful things behind common things. Let me say that again. I think this side. Uh, God likes to hide powerful things behind common things. Matter of fact, when you look at the tabernacle in the wilderness, the pattern that was given to Moses, the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place, in the Holy of Holies, was behind badger skin. This is showing us something because we have a treasure that's in earthen vessels. That the excellency would be of God and not of us. We have a treasure. There's a treasure. The kingdom is like a treasure that's hidden in a field. In other words, you may see the field, but there's a treasure in that field. Which a man found, the man found the treasure in the field and covered it up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy that field. So everybody hear this. The, the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. So in other words, if I'm going to understand who you are, or who we are, I've got to get past the field to discover the treasure. Have you ever heard that old country saying, man, he can't, he can't see the forest through the trees? A lot of times we're missing things because we're looking at them on a surface level. But the thing is, in the kingdom of God, we walk by faith and not by natural sight. It's not about what I, I see, it's about what God is saying. So in the kingdom, I have to begin to see everything in the way that God says it is. Which means that honor in the kingdom of God becomes very important because honor places value on every person in the kingdom. Which means if I'm going to relate with you and have a relationship with you, then I'm going to have to begin to see past your dirt to get to the treasure. Because there's a treasure in this field. I said there's a treasure in this field. How many of you know we are God's field? Yes, 
and we have a treasure. The treasure is Christ in us, the hope of glory, which means I've got to learn how to look past you to see Jesus in you. How many of you know we all get in this thing where we like to judge people on their outward appearance? But I've been taught I don't need to know a book by its cover. It's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside. And a lot of times we get caught up in where people come from. We get caught up in in color of skin. We get caught up in social systems and structures. We get caught up in what nation or country they might come from. But I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, all of those things have to pass away. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It's not about the flesh package, but there's something that this package contains. How many of you know that a box is nice, but when the box is given, it's not about the box, it's about what is in the box. So Christ is in us, and it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So for me to connect with you in the way God wants me to connect with you, I have to see past the dirt. How many of you know there's some dirt there? How many of you know that all of us were a hot mess at times? We've all got problems. We've all got things that we're dealing with. But that does not negate the fact that Jesus Christ has a purpose, plan, and destiny for each and every one of our lives. And that Christ is in us and he's working through us. We're all a work in progress. So I've got to look past you to see Jesus at work in you. So why am I telling you this? Because if this church is going to come together and do greater things for God, then we have to stop stop looking past uh, just, or we have to stop looking on the surface and we have to see there's something much deeper. There's something that God is wanting to do and it's going to take all of us working together. So to access the treasure, I've got to purchase the field. Which means that if I want what God has put inside of you, I've got to take all of you with it. Let me say that again. If I want the treasure, and we've got this treasure in earthen vessels. If I want the treasure, then I've got to get in this place where where I purchase the field. Which means I've got to take all of you to get what God has locked up inside of you. Now I want you to hear this statement. How many of you, you have some things you're praying for? Come on, wave at me. You've got some things. How many of you, you've got some things you're really believing for? What if I told you that everything that we have need of God has put in his body? The answer is here. The answer for this church growing and becoming what God's called for it to be. The the answer for every resource and, and for every team that needs to be built and every ministry that needs to be established and every dollar that needs to come in to accomplish all the things that we purpose to accomplish, it's all here. It's locked up on the inside of you and all you have to do is realize there's something good inside of you and begin to realize there's something good on the inside of the person sitting next to you because maybe what you have need of is locked up on the person sitting right beside you. So what I want to talk to you about today because the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field is how do I access the treasure? Everybody say this word honor. honor. Now watch what Jesus said. Matthew 15, 8. 
This is, he's quoting the Old Testament. And he says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart, everybody say their heart. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me. So listen to this. Worship is not just about singing songs. Worship is a way I live. So my true and proper worship to God is a lifestyle of service. It's, it's a lifestyle of honoring God. It's, it's, a, it's a lifestyle of using everything that God has put in my hand whether it be my time, my effort, my energy, my finances, whatever that God has put in my hand, God has given it to me to honor him and to glorify him. Is everybody here? So then honor is not a matter of what I say, but a matter of where my heart is and what I do because where my heart is, that's where my treasure is. And so my heart has to be in the right place. So Listen to what he says. He says, you honor me, they honor me with their lips, for their heart is far from me. In vain they do worship me, teaching as doctrine the, the commandments of men. So honor is not lip service. People can say, I honor. But it's not about what we say. It's about how we invest ourselves. It's how we give of ourselves. It's, it's how we, we believe in this thing together, and we give of our time, effort, energy finances to see the vision that God has given us go forward. Where does this come from? It comes from this place of everything that I do, I do as unto the Lord. Now this becomes very important because I need to realize however I treat you is how I'm treating God. That got real quiet. Pastor, what do you mean? See, we can say I honor God, but how am, how am I treating those people that God has put in my life? Because however I'm treating those people is, is a reflection of how I feel about God. How many of you know we, we are all created in the image and the likeness of God? Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So a lot of times we, we get this picture of, of Jesus being afar off, but what we need to see is Christ is living and alive on the inside of each and every one of us. So how I treat you and how I deal with you is very important. And so honor is critical that I place a high value on you, understanding that it's not just about you, but it's about what God has said about you and what he's doing in you and what he wants to accomplish through you. So when I begin to value you, not based on how you treat me, but based on what God has said about you. When I begin to honor from my heart, it begins to open up some things. Now watch this. Honor is a declaration. When I honor someone, how many of you know, not only are we to honor God, but we are to honor those who God is placed in leadership, and also the Bible teaches that we are to outdo one another in honor. Amen. Which means there's this place where we're valuing one another. We see the best in one another. How many of you, you're willing to look past the things that you don't like to see the best in somebody else? I promise you, if you look at somebody hard enough, you'll find something you don't like. Come on, somebody. If you look at somebody hard enough, you'll begin to pick them apart. You know the problem with people who are critical? 
They never put themselves in a position to get the best out of the people that are around them because they're always critiquing them. They're always seeing where they're failing. They're always seeing where they're not adding up. Praise God that we don't serve a God who does that. He looks beyond our fault. He says, follow me and I will make you. Follow me. Put your heart in the right place. Listen, when you put your heart in the right place, you are positioning yourself to receive from God and to receive from one another. How many of you know it's time that we start getting the best out of each and every person in this place? Tell somebody next to you, God's got some good stuff inside of you. Come on, tell them. So this word honor, this word honor means I put value on who you are. I know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. I have to look and say, this person belongs to God. God has a purpose, a plan, and a destiny for their life. And how many of you know we are all uniquely designed and we all have something that God has called for us to do? And to work together, the only way that all these gifts, the Bible says, I don't have time to preach all this, but the Bible says that we are all members of one body, which is the body of Christ, and that every member of the body, he says it this way, the Apostle Paul says, every joint supplies. Well, how can I receive what is coming out of your life if I'm cutting you off because I, I, I refuse to receive from you? The Bible says that Jesus went to his own hometown and he could not do many mighty miracles. It does not say he would not. It said he could not. In other words, he would have healed every one of them if, they, if their hearts were right, but they, the Bible says that they saw him and they said, we know who he is. We watched him grow up. And because of that, Jesus said to his disciples, because they'd seen him heal people, he'd, they, they'd seen him going to places, heal every person, but he didn't do it there. So they're looking at him like, what's, what's wrong here, Jesus? And he said, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own hometown, in his own country, among his own people. I wonder how many of us, we've become so comfortable with one another that we have stopped the flow of God and what God really wants to do. Well, I've been here for years. You know, I, I know Bishop. I've, I've listened to him preach. Well, you know, when we lose that edge, and honor gives us that edge. Listen, when we begin to honor the gift of God that is in Bishop Allen Meshagan, and when we begin to honor the gift of God that is in the pastoral staff here, when we begin to honor the gift of God in those people that are, that are serving in different areas of this church, when we begin to honor, honor God in those people that are worshiping with us, I'm telling you something powerful begins to happen because what is inside of all of us has, has room to begin to flow forth and begin to do what God has purposed for us to do as every joint begins to supply. So everybody hear this. Number one, what does honor do? Honor gives me access. I can't receive from your gift, and everybody says, I have a gift. You do. You're gifted. Tell somebody, you're gifted. You're gifted to do something, but I can't receive from your gift if I don't honor who you are. Right. Honor gives me access. Honor gives us access. Honor, when you honor someone, you open them up. Amen. Come on. 
give a cup of water to a prophet or in the name of the prophet and receive a prophet's reward. There's something that happens when honor takes place. When honor takes place, we make room for God to move. All right, now watch. Honor gives access. Number two, honor opens up someone's heart towards when you show honor to people and you're, you're, you're kind to them and you're loving to them and, and you see the best in them, it opens up their heart towards you. They begin to say, what can I do for you? Remember the, the, the prophet who he was coming through the town, he's coming through town often and there's a woman who, she starts feeding the prophet. How many of you know this story? If not, it's in the Bible. She she starts seeing, man, the prophet's coming here, and she starts feeding the prophet. He continues to come. I mean, you know, you feed somebody, they're going to show up, man, I'm telling you. He keeps, he, so he keeps on coming through the town. So she talks to her husband, and they've got means. She talks to her husband and says, listen, let's do something special for the prophet of God. Let's build him a room on top of our house. So they did. They built the prophet a room, and the, the prophet goes up into the room, and his servant is there with him. He says, call for, the, call for the woman and ask her what it is now that we can do for her. See, she made room, and when she comes and, and the servant says, what can we do for you? She says, oh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I need, but she needed, she, she was barren. She couldn't have a son. And the prophet tells her, by this time next year, you'll be holding a son in your arms. She didn't even know that the building of that room and honoring the prophet would make way for her miracle. Listen, miracles happen where there's a place of honor, where we place value on God and his work and his people. Honor opens up someone's heart towards you. The heart of the prophet was opened up towards the woman. What can I now do for you? Number three, honor puts a demand on someone's gift to begin to operate in your life. Honor, I want to say it again, honor puts a demand on someone's gift to operate in your life. How many of you know I just told you you all have a gift? You all have a gift. And that gift works when, when people op are open up to receive it because your gift, the gift that God has given you is not for you. The gift that God has given you is always for others. Amen. Listen, God didn't give me the ability to preach and teach so I would stand in front of a mirror and preach to myself. Amen. He didn't give me any kind of prophetic ability so I would just, you know, sit on my couch and prophesy. No, because my gift is not about me. I'll tell you another thing. My gift is not about gaining things for myself. My, my, my gift is not just about getting things for me. That's where we screw it up. My gift is to serve others. My gift is to edify others. My gift is to build others up. And where there's a culture, come on, somebody say kingdom culture. Where there's a culture of honor, everyone's gift is received and it can operate and it can function and we put a demand on the gifts of every person in the body so that their gifts can flow. 
And whatever it is that God has called and purposed for you to do in this house and in this community can come forth because there's a culture of honor. What else? Honor puts you in a position for impartation. It puts you in a position for impartation. Honor expands and enlarges your ability to give and to receive. I want to say that again. Catch that. Honor expands your ability to give and to receive. How many of you know God has called us to cheerfully give? Cheerfully give. That's not just of our finances. That's a part of it. But God wants us to cheerfully give in every area of our life. To be cheerful. Do it with joy. Tell somebody, do it with joy. Honor puts you in a place where you're happy to do it. You're excited to do it. Listen, here at East West Church and even at my church, Full Turn Church, when people are serving on a team or whatever they're doing, it's not like, well, I have to do this. I guess I have to show up at 9 o'clock because Bishop's asked us to be there. I guess I have to. As we're going to be doing this event, I guess I have to. I, I, we've got this need in the community, and, and there's a call for action. I guess I have to. I, uh, it's, you know, a tithe and offering, well, I guess I have to. In the kingdom, it's not, oh, I guess I have to. It's a, it's a joy that says, I get to. I get to honor God with every aspect of who I am. I, I get to serve him. It's a joy to give. It's a joy. It's a joy to be in the house of the Lord. It's a joy to serve. It's a joy to show and express my honor to God. See, if I honor God with all of my heart, then it's going to begin to reflect in every area of my life. That means I'll even show up on the job. And that employer that I've not appreciated for certain things, I'll begin to show them my appreciation and my honor, which will begin to change the way they see me. You can't keep a good person down, folks. I've got to tell you, Joseph was sold into slavery. And he became the head of the household, the head servant. Yes, he was put into prison. He started helping to run the prison. Yes. He went before Pharaoh. And now he's second in command over all of Egypt. You can't keep a person who has God in their heart and who honors God. You can't keep them from rising. Yes. Honor puts us in position to rise to a place where we can influence not so that we have power and control, but so that we can come along and, uh, alongside and serve and show the heart of God. What would happen if everybody in this place said, I have something that I know God has, has given me and I want to honor it to the whole. I want to offer it to the whole, I should say. And I want to honor God with what he's placed in my life. Watch this. Because honor is a principle that we see through all throughout Scripture. All throughout Scripture. Let me give you a few illustrations. Honor your father and your mother so that your days might be long and so that it might be well with you. Honor. Honor. 
He didn't say that, that you, you know, how many of you know, we, we <laughs> most families are dysfunctional. There's no such thing as a perfect family in the way that we would label perfect familias. How many of you know that's true? But God didn't say if they're perfect. He said honor. Honor so that your days will be long and so that it will be well with you. So there's something that when I honor, God says, I see that. Honor your father and your mother. What else does it say? Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your increase. Then what's going to happen? Man, your vats are going to begin to burst forth with new wine. You're going to begin to overflow because honor puts you in position for overflow. Honor puts you in position for abundance. Honor puts you in that position to, to not only be blessed, but to be a blessing. Honor the Lord. So honor your Lord. Honor those that are a part of your family. Then what else? He says, give double honor to those who preach and teach. Do you see something? This is The kingdom of God is a culture of honor. Honor God. Honor those who are in your family. Honor those who preach and teach, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And then he goes in to say, outdo one another in honor. Outdo. You know what that, to me when I see that picture, it's like, are you honoring me? Are you honoring me? Watch this, because I'm going to show you how I'm going to honor you. We're going to outdo one another in honor. Isn't that beautiful? That's the culture of the kingdom, seeing value in every person, not just the old, not just the young, but every person, not just men, but men and women, all people. How many of you know everybody's important to God? All right. Watch this, 1 Chronicles 4. We're doing good. 1 Chronicles 4, 9. This is something that, how many of you remember when that book came out, The Prayer of Jabez? Prayer of Jabez, you remember that in that late 90s? This is where it came from. 1 Chronicles 4, 9 says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez called upon the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border and that your hand might be with me and that you would keep me from harm so that I might not, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Now, we see right there, we move to the end of the passage and God granted what he asked. But what we miss is, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He was born in pain, so his mother gave him the name Born in Pain. How many of you would like that tattoo? Born in Pain, brother. So every time he heard his name called, he was reminded of how he brought pain. But he says, Lord, he's honorable. He says, Lord, let me be free from that. Open up new opportunities. 
Broaden my horizons. Bring me into all that you've purposed for my life, God. And honor put Jabez in position to receive all that the Lord had for his life. And the Lord answered his prayer. Honor. Not complaining. Not murmuring. Not grumbling. Not being down on this or talking about this and that. But honor. Everybody say honor. So a lot of times we, we, we just see, well, that God did that for them, but there's a why. Why did God do that? Why did God do that? Because that person was faithful, because that person uh, was honorable. Malachi 1.6 says this. It says, a, a, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? God is saying, where is my honor? If I'm a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you? O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? So listen to what he's saying. Where, if I am God, if I am a father, then where is the honor? The honor. True honor, I'm going to say it again. Everybody hear this. True honor flows from this place of relationship. This relationship that I have with God and this relationship that I have with you, saying I'm not going to allow anything to keep us from accomplishing what God has called and purposed for us to accomplish together. I'm going to close with this. There are three streams of honor that we see. Three streams. Everybody say three streams. Three streams, three streams that, are, that are part of this culture of honor in the kingdom. We see them, we find them all in Psalm 100. It's, it, verses 1 through 5, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve, serve the Lord with gladness, with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise give thanks to him bless his name for the lord is good his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations so number one i want you to see here that the first stream of honor is serving serving serve the lord serve the lord and again when i serve you i'm serving the lord because you belong to him you're a child of god when i serve this church i'm serving the lord because this is his church, this is his place. Whatever I do, there, there's no such thing as a small job. It's, it's not even a job at all. It's, it is my honor to serve because serving is a stream of honor. It's how I honor. I can't honor you if I'm not willing to serve you. Amen. Is anybody here? Yes. Yes. Listen, look what Jesus does. He's in an upper room with his disciples. He's about to be betrayed. He's about to go to a cross. He gets down and he washes their feet. Not only does he wash the feet of Peter, James, and John, but he also washes the feet of his betrayer. Knowing that he's going to betray him. But Jesus serves. And he says, if you can't receive this, you can't have any part of me. This is the way it works. It's, it's the serving. We're serving one another. That's where honor is seen. As we serve, 
We can't just come and occupy space. We can't just come and sit in a building. We've got to find the place where we can exhibit honor. To serve the Lord with gladness. Whether it be ushering, whether it be uh, on any other team. And let me tell you, we're going to see even more teams coming out of this church and this church becoming even more fruitful and accomplishing even more things. And it's going to take people who say, I will serve. Here I am, God. Use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Use me, God. I'm stepping up first. I'm not waiting for somebody else to step up. Here I am, God, because serving is the way I show God honor. Serve the Lord with all that you got. Don't hold anything back. Serving. Everybody say serving. Serving. That's the way I show honor to the Lord and to the people of God. What else? Giving is a stream of honor. Give. Somebody say give. give. How many of you know our Father's nature, God our Father, is to give? Why does it get quiet? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his, he didn't give his worst. <laughs> he gave his only begotten son. He gave the best. He gave, literally, he gave himself. He gave himself to save the whole world, to bring everything back into that place that he had purposed for it to be. He gave. God is a giver. His nature is to give. As children of God, our nature should be to be givers, that we're, we're contributors and not consumers. Is anybody still in here with me? The culture of the kingdom is full of people who are generous. They're givers. It's a stream of honor. I give. When I give to you, I'm showing you honor. When I give of my time, effort, energy, and finances, I'm showing honor. How many of you know time is valuable? So when I give time, that is me showing I honor this thing. I'm honoring this work. I'm honoring this place. I'm, I'm honoring what God has said. Giving. Proverbs 3.9 says, but through 10, honor Lord with your wealth. We quoted this. In the first fruits of your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be ver- bursting with wine. Give, 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 and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall. Watch this. Men give unto your bosom. Why is that? Because what I make happen for you, God will make happen for me. What I make happen for others, God will make happen for me. As I'm giving, it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I was thinking about what what the Apostle Paul was saying to the church of Philippi, to the, the Philippians. And he says to them, man, you guys have been so generous with these other churches. These churches in Macedonia, and man, you've been meeting their needs. Isn't that powerful? I'm talking about a church in Philippi that is getting together resources to help another church in another city. And watch what Paul says. How many of you know we need to help one another? How many of you understand that's why I'm here? We need to help one another. So watch what the Apostle Paul says. The Apostle Paul says, now I know because you've done this, because you've been generous, because you've been active in giving, he says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory through and by Christ Jesus our Lord. That's not, we quote that verse, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through and by Christ Jesus our Lord. But that is attached to, 
I am a giver. I am generous. I'm not just a receiver. I'm not just a, I'm not just a consumer, but everything that is flowing into me, I'm making sure it's flowing out to begin to be a blessing to the world around me. What does it mean to accumulate wealth and not do anything with what God's put in our hand? It means nothing. It means nothing. If God's given me a talent, I need to use it to glorify him. We are talking about this this week. There are people that I know that are wasting their gifts. They're wasting their gifts because they're not using them to glorify God. 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 2.9. Either 2.9 or 3.9. Which is the one about sowing and reaping? So sparingly. Wait, anyway. 2 Corinthians, I believe it's 2.9. He talks about how when you're generous, listen, God is going to open up streams for you and he's going to make, make sure that you can have more than enough on every occasion to be generous on every occasion. What does that mean? When you're a giver, God will make sure you get what you need to continue to give it out. There's no, stingy, stinginess and greed is not a part of kingdom culture. So giving is a stream. The last stream I'm going to give you is this, thanksgiving and praise. Thanksgiving and praise. Praise the Lord. Do it with a glad heart. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Get that negativity out of your mouth and start turning it into rejoicing. Stop talking about the people around you in a negative way and start to rejoice in who, who God says they are and what God's doing in their life. Is everybody here? Begin to give the Lord praise because God inhabits the praises of his people. Thanksgiving and praise is a stream of honor. You know, something happens in my heart as a dad when my kids come up to me and say, Dad, you're the best dad. You're the best. My, my daughters tell me this all the time. I got one sitting on the front row. Well, two of them sitting on the front row. They, they'll tell me, they'll say, Dad, you're the best preacher ever. You know that does something to my heart? It makes my heart swell up, and I start thinking, what can I do for you? Or as some people would say, what do you want? <laughs> Thanksgiving and praise brings us into the most holy place. It brings us into the presence of, Lord, of the Lord, which means honor is what brings me in. Brings me in, positions me for all that God has for my life. Amen?